Hello again, friends. Hello again, friends. Welcome to episode three of the Hello Again Friend podcast, the podcast that shines light on the beauty of human connection by both celebrating lifelong friendships and reuniting childhood friends after many years. I am Emily, and I am joined, as always, by my childhood BFF, with whom I reunited with just this year after 30 years of living life apart from one another. And she's the co-host of this podcast. It's Meredith. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Emily. I am really, really excited about today's episode. Emily and I had the chance to sit down with lifelong friends, Katie and Margot. And so while Emily and I said hello again, after 30 years apart, Katie and Margot say hello again and again and again because they've never taken a break from their lifelong childhood best friendship. So today in our conversation, we learned so much about the ways that two women can learn from their own mothers how to be friends and then how to support and lead and rest with each other through all of the things that life throws our way across a span of many, many years. Oh, it was such a special conversation. We we laughed, we cried, <laughs> we <laughs> laughed and cried some more. But I just love the authenticity that these two bring to their friendship. They are purely themselves and feel a safety net within one another to be themselves. And that is such an important example of what we can offer as friends and what we need in a friend in order to feel safe to continue that relationship. So there's so much to learn from them. And it was such an honor to have a conversation and have them at our table. Here is our conversation with lifelong friends, Margot Brown and Katie Wickstrom. Marco Brown and Katie Wickstrom, welcome to Hello Again, Friend. Hi, thanks for having us. I'm Margo. Hi, thank you for having us. I'm Katie. Oh, it's so good to have you both here. So we are really excited to talk to you both because you are lifelong friends. And this is something that is so beautiful to hear about because I think a lot of us, um, either we have it in our own lives or we envy it in other people's lives. We admire it in other people's lives. And I think there's a certain art to keeping a lifelong friendship. So we're so excited to get to know you two and to understand your friendship and what it means to both of you. So first of all, go ahead and tell us about how you became friends. Well, we have never not known each other. Like we have always known each other, our lives with each other, because our moms were friends in their early 20s. Un- unmarried, you know, singles in a big city or sort of singles. And so we have, we have always just known each other. Um, we're, you know, 10, 11 months apart in birth. Our mothers, for periods of time, they didn't live in the same place and, uh, you know, made efforts for the families to get together. So, I mean, my life, Katie's in the, you know, my my life story from the time I have any conscious memory and before. Yeah, same. We didn't really have a choice and it just worked out really well. 
You know, <laughs> I love that. You are forced friends. Forced friends. And verging <laughs> on family. You know that word people use, family. We verging on family. I love that. And, you know, you mentioned something, Margot, about your mom's making a concerted effort to, to make sure that their friendships and your friendships remain connected. Had, did you two take that the lead on that and, and establish that as a habit for yourselves? Yes. Oh, yeah. Along the lines of there's more caught than taught. I think we were just born into that culture of, of, of long-term friendships, you know? And I think it also helped that there we celebrated sort of cultural milestones as families. Yeah. So, you know, whether it was the movie Thanksgiving night, Mm-hmm. or Christmas night or, mm-hmm. you know, or the families getting together. I look back and the parents couldn't wait for a cocktail together and the kids just wanted to like wreck through our toys together, you know? Um, so there are those, there are those milestones that we just have with each other. And I was the firstborn. I am the firstborn and Katie has an older sister. And so my parents are godparents to you know, to her older sister and to her. And so um, that was sort of an established connection that my mom took very seriously as well. So there was sort of this connection in that way. And likewise, KT as, um, you know, I have been the godparent for her second born. So, um, so we've just sort of continued that, uh, those formal and informal intergenerational things. Yes, you're threaded together. In every way. Yeah. yeah. And you, it's funny. One thing that comes to mind when you say threaded together is that, you know, Margaret and I, I feel like this conversation is a thread being pulled out of a tapestry because all around us, you know, if we were sitting at a table together would be a hundred people of friends and family and of, we knew our grandparents, our parents, our generation, our children, And then with just a table of friends from school and other places. I love that. And I love that. To that point about childhood, you know, uh, Katie and I lost grandparents, our first, well, mine, I lost one earlier, but, you know, in a more conscious, like lived experience, we lost grandparents, our first, you know, grandparents at the same time. And so um, throughout childhood, we have experienced things at very similar times, like major things mm-hmm. at similar times. And we, you know, there could be some life stage things with that and and just a lot of things that, that make the universe line up in that way. But for us, we find that to be mer- very meaningful because when something big happens, most likely, you know, we already know that the other person is close to experiencing that same thing. Yeah. And, and then it opens the door, right? Anytime we experience something, we find that friend that has experienced it too. So I know I could call Margot and she would, she would understand. And that, yeah. Margot shared with us uh, a letter, Katie, that you wrote to her on her 18th birthday. Yes. <laughs> and it, and it is handwritten, uh, beautiful. Uh, I don't think we write enough letters anymore. But in it, you know, you said just now, we knew that if we were going through it, the other person would soon be going through it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how beautifully that was represented in this letter 
that you wrote. And I'm only going to read the first two sentences because <laughs> I'm not going to give away all of your, you know, secret messages, but it just really captures that blissful time as kids where you share things that you see as, of course, we would do this. Of course, this is part of us and it's wonderful. But now we look back and we kind of laugh about it, right? But we, we get to be that version of ourselves with our best friend because no matter what, they are there with us. Like, heck, yes, we're going to do that. Um, and in this letter, you're, t you're giving Margot some advice. You went to college, right? right. Uh, a year ahead of Margot. And so you're telling her in here about college is really fun, but it's also a little bit hard. <laughs> and so you're kind of giving her this big sister sort of like, I'm, pr I'm prepping you through it. I'm letting you know there's going to be some stepping stones, but it, 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 there's some great things. And here's how I'm doing it. I absolutely love that. But here's how you started it. Margo, I can't wait to see you so we can wax our lips and eyebrows, talk about our skin and our moms. I was like, this is great. And then you say, I love that. I, I want to bake cookies with you and laugh at boys. They call me Gigglebox here, but they haven't met you yet. Oh, great. That is so great. Yes. Yes. That, that captures that. it, huh? Yes, that, it really does. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, you mentioned letter writing. So Katie and I have always I lit, written. We used to, we have, she had stacks. And that was kind of the easiest thing for me that that was in my scrapbook, Katie, along with the um, locker sign that you made for me. Big deal in high school. Yeah. Big deal. I thought that wouldn't quite scan as easily. So anyway, all to say, um, we used to write letters in Sharpie on really cool pages from magazines. We would correspond and we would write, like we would just sort of like, I have a, I, in that package that you sent me for my birthday is a stack of mm -hmm. things I can write letters on. Ah, um, we would, yeah. we would just write letters in Sharpie on magazine pages um, because that was, I know some of your listeners um, might not remember this, but there was a time before the internet and mm -hmm. Um, I don't, you know, so between email and, and text message, you know, you know, there's other ways to do it now, but, but there's something about the letter writing and, you know, just sitting and being able to reread and seeing that person's handwriting, um, was always just so meaningful. We did that. We did that quite a bit. And what a great way to remember that time now, because you can hold it, you can look at it. And I bet there's some really great stuff on the pages of those magazines too. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. triggers that. those memories. What were some of your best memories together as children? What stands out to you? Hey, T, you can go first if you want. Okay. So I have a memory of you. So when I lived in Florida for five years, um, elementary school, and we would come visit back and forth. I'd never been to Six Flags over Georgia. And Margot's prime opportunity to show me the world of Six Flags. And she had a red pocketbook and it was long. And she was running through Six Flags showing, okay, this is over here. And we have to do this. And let's do this. And let's do this. And um, that was one of my first memories. Um, and a lot of memories of, of being in her house, which is we were able to experience each other's families without that, you know, there was no moment of, am I going to be your friend or am I going to accept this? It was, we were just in each other's homes. Yeah. And, and, and getting to experience the difference, um, 
we also talked about how as children, we are, we are interpreters, but we don't um, analyze very well. So therefore we just accepted so much and it's so valuable to have a lifelong friend like this. Cause even now we can go back and analyze as an adult, what that was like, you know, you have one other person just like siblings actually, but with less emotional, yes. <laughs> less punching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Katie had a brother, so her household had, you know, two daughters two girls and a boy and my household was all girls. So the energy was very different. Um, and you know, uh, in that, and, and they were, uh, so Trey was also an important part of those early childhood memories. And I think that's Katie's brother. And I think, um, an early, you know, I think a, an important aspect of, of our relationship has been being able to adventure and risk take together. And I would say that applies for both like in elementary school, when we would, you know, meet up at the beach, our families would stay at this one place. And it was a sort of this like garden style place, um, right on, you know, and we would go get lost in the different like levels and the different buildings. And we would like, you know, oh my gosh, the elevator. And we would do things that we sort of like, we would, we knew that we would eventually be safe and we wouldn't actually get lost, but there was this sense of thrill um, and, and also within the south, safe boundaries. Um, and I think that sort of sense of adventure, we both sort of, we grew up in, um, I would say, um, you know, Meredith, now that you live in the South, you know, there's sort of like some cultural norms and boundaries around things. And so, so Katie and I navigated, you know, some of these, you know, parental expectations and achievement and, you know, these, you know, sort of some performance things that were a part of our educational values and all that stuff. You know, we also got to sort of risk take emotionally and share with each other in a very safe way, things that we knew that would not be acceptable to say your experience or think with others. So those are those early experiences, you know, the risk taking. And I think, you know, we can hold, we know that the other person, we sort of use each other to like find our own centers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being in the mental health field. Um, you know, I think I got to experience the benefit of like talk therapy before I ever actually needed it or did it as a client or as a professional. Mm -hmm. Well, well so just that, yeah, just that sort of you know, this, the South does have a lot of these unspoken and spoken rules, particularly for female folks. Okay. And so I love the idea like, okay, no one's watching. Let's go get lost. Let's go do these things and run and play and try out things like this, you know, this just risky enough amount of risk. Right. And, and you will do it together because no matter what, I adore you. I accept you unconditionally throughout all of this. And you get to try that on together. And I love that. And I think our parents, we joke that if all I, if all I had to say was I'm doing it with Katie, there wasn't like, oh, you want to go, you know, light, light matches. Sure. Katie's. Oh yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. And so then I would say the same. Oh, it's with Margot. Great. Great. And that gave us a lot of freedom. So <laughs> friends are our memories. And then that brings in the fact that this, some of the similarities that we have and just the way we do and think is we love to do things. 
We also love to think about what we did or analyze it or break it apart. And that's part of the adventure of it, right? Is the mental side as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, both of you mentioned this adventuresome spirit that you shared together. And Katie, you describe running through Six Flags with Margo and her just showing you the world. I'm (laughs) curious as adults, is that a dynamic that is still alive today? It is. And I wouldn't say that we're off to Europe every year, but it's more like the adventure. I feel like the older we get, the more um, the adventure is in the world of relationships. And so really, really talking through the dynamic because we're we're in that sandwich generation, right? Of, you know, our parents above us, our children below us, and then all of our peers. And that's right now is all the adventure <laughs> that, that, that I'm having. So, and that's a lot. So, and I think there, there was actual some, there was some globe trotting. Katie did two sort of experiences outside of like, she did a summer at Bernard college for an art um, thing. And then you did, you went to Italy. So you traveled um, and there were, there were experiences that we did together, travel experiences. Um, I, I was always included well, for many years. I was included on trainer family vacations. Um, and I never, uh, that wasn't something that my family really did or had the capacity for various reasons. We didn't do it. We didn't vacation in the same way. And so, you know, we have, you know, shared travel memories and experiences that way, but in you, you went to New York, KT, and then you went to Europe first, and then I went to Kenya and lived there and you experienced that through me. But what was really cool is also as after Kenya, then you lived in New York and I visited I don't know how many nights I stayed in your bed. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I can, I came back from abroad. I was figuring out my way. I, I think I probably might have been there every two weeks. I don't know, but I sort of got to live New York with you for a little bit. Um, and that satisfied my desire. Yeah. yeah did. <laughs> your, New York is very much, you're entwined with that memory. Absolutely. So how has your friendship changed over the years or has it kind of maintained an equal amount of closeness throughout the years? Um, Was there fluctuation based on life circumstances? Tell us about what it's been like to experience that friendship as children and carry it through adulthood. What kind of changes existed within that time period? It feels really consistent. Mm-hmm. It feels really consistent and it, because life is changing, but then I can always call Margot. Margot, guess what happens? You know, guess what? And so that has just continued because there's always something new happening in life. And that, and, and I think like we are the default for each other. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there are things that we both have sisters. So we tell our sisters things, but like, as far as that person walking beside, you know, that is that's Katie, you know, that's whatever it is. Um, and I was also thinking about there, there have been times where we have experienced things that were like really challenging, uh, that the other person wasn't experiencing, obviously, because they're two different people with different lives, you know, so maybe during those times, it was like, uh, how do I support? What do I do? I don't know exactly what you're experiencing right now. And so those were, you know, we kind of have to like talk about how we talk during those times. I'm imagining, you know, 
Katie, it's, it's such a visualization to think of Margot running through Six Flags, right? Like, look at this and look at this. Because I I have the gift of knowing Margot as an adult. And that's how she hooked me was, Meredith, you can do this and this. She's, she has such a vibrant energy, right? But when I think about, you said she's always been my constant. And, and I thought steady, right? And, and it's kind of like this home base. So maybe some points Margot is running with her purse flapping and she's, she's got her hand out to catch you behind, like, come look at this, come, come see. And then you catch up and then sometimes you're running ahead, but no matter what, you're only an arm's length away because you have to return to each other. That is just the best way to say it. That is absolutely the visual. Yes. And, and yeah, we're never too far away from each other. It's also to put another visual, um, C.S. Lewis describes the type of friendship love is, is side to side. You are beside each other, shoulder to shoulder, and you're, you're off doing something. You are off to see the world. You are working on something together. And there's always room for someone else there beside you. So that the, the friendship is more is more, but it doesn't deplete the the friendship, <laughs> the individual friendships, it only enriches it. Like he had another quote that when his brother died, not only is he missing his brother, he's missing what his brother brought out in his friends. And so when we sit with a table of women, we're all bouncing off of each other. We're all bringing out something else in each other. Oh, Katie, I'm a big fan of you already because <laughs> Emily and I are always saying you are welcome at our table. You are yeah. welcome. And we are proud celebrators of women. Yeah. And so there are, there are times when we have to decide as women, friend or foe. And so many times I think we accidentally think foe out of protection for ourselves. But if we really just befriend our fellow women, that table of women becomes so much richer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that visual. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we don't geographically live in the same place now. Yeah. Just like the two of you don't. Yeah. The time that we geographically lived in the same place, let's see, middle school and high school. Wow. That's it. That's it. That's the only time we physically lived in the same place. We did, we made efforts to see each other's spaces. Katie came to college for my 21st birthday, uh, came to visit me at college. Um, I took, I went with her family to move her into her freshman dorm. Like, you know, we have, um, you know, we just, those things that those, like, we just sort of make, we just do it. Like I'm, I'm sitting here in my closet. Katie helped me. We have both helped each other unpack in the current homes that we are both in. And when you came to my house, you, to unpack me five years ago, you didn't really ask. You're like, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. And this is what we're doing. We're like, we're like, what do you need done? What do you need done? We're going to, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Those are those of course moments. Of course, Katie will be there. Of course, Margo will be there. Of course. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And what I'm hearing here is that you are very intentional with your decision to prioritize your relationship. And you do that in a way that kind of weaves within the fabric of your life so that it doesn't feel like, oh, I don't have time for this. You know, I think that so often we feel so busy and other things take over as priority, but it sounds like the two of you have masterfully 
been able to maintain this friendship because you have found very natural and important ways to be there for one another in those significant moments. And I think that is such a wonderful example. Um, and you have you've put in the effort, and that's important. Imagine had you not been there for those moments, you know, I'm sure that there are times that it would have been easier to not book the flight or take the trip, but you did. And here you are still so connected. I love that. I love that. Mm. And I think, you know, it's funny, my kids associate, like we went to North Georgia for something and had to cut through Atlanta and, you know, on the way back to Augusta and, my kids were with, they still say, are we going to stop by and pull off the highway and, and visit with the Wickstrom's? Right. You know, it's like, it's it doesn't, it is, it's a, and it doesn't have to be to your point. There's, there's all like, uh, there's, of course you can always stop by. Of course I'm at the grocery. I'll be right there. You know? Um, and, and, and I, I think our kids, our kids are seeing that too, you know? Um, it can be just a flyby it can, or it can be a marked occasion. Yeah. And you had really great examples just as your children are witnessing with the two of you and learn that that is something that is available in life for them and their friends. Your mothers were that example for the two of you. Yeah. They talked every day for a period of that. They, yes. And and they saw each other through so many different circumstances. Yeah. I guess it was just modeled for us. Can you think of a time where it was of the utmost important that you had each other, mm. a particularly challenging time or a time of great celebration where you are just forever grateful that the other was right there with you? Two things come to mind. Katie, you can go first if you want. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Well, can we just talk about the summer of 04? Can we just talk about? Absolutely. Um, this sounds like a song. <laughs> I just wish, could we have some Brian Adams, please? Right. Um, summer of 69. Um, but this was the summer that we both, so I had had a, a, a relationship for a good number of years and, um, and KT had met the, uh, KT's, you know, engagement was, um, we both got engaged very close by to one another time-wise, and then in 03 and had summer weddings in 04. And my younger sister was also getting married that same summer. So because of our family overlap and because of all the things in common and whether it was the reception location or anyway, all the things it was and all the bridesmaids luncheons and all the showers. And, and we had, it was a lot of logistics to make sure that we all honored each other's spaces. So my sister was June, Katie was July, I was August. And so we had this like newlywed period. To, we had engagement and newlywed period together. Um, you know, so that would, I would say, I mean, I remember um, like Katie's wedding day or the, the, the wedding day, we did nails and eyebrows together. And I took you, was that the rehearsal? Was it? it was that the was the wedding day. It was the wedding day. It was the wedding day. Yes. But you, but that, that again is where the difference in us really, you, you come in at the perfect moment sometimes of Katie, you have to go get your nails done. Like, come get your, you know, like, we have to do this, you know? And 
in 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 I, I guess a sense of adventure, but of Margot, you are really good at pulling me forward sometimes. I really, really need that sometimes. And so that is where our difference is really key. Well, mm. and and likewise with the cancer diagnosis. That was mm. yes. You you said that I I was one of your first phone calls. So it's um yeah, holding things for each other. Friends definitely hold things for each other. And even as we know, just the power of being able to get something out of our head and say it out loud is transformative. And the listener is transformative. Yes. So I tell the, I can tell the same story to three different people. I'm going to do it in a different way because I know it's like, I think they say mirror neurons, but you guys know more about that than I do of I know that if I tell it, you know, to a friend in the grocery store, it's going to be a pretty short story. If I tell it to Margot, I know that she's receiving all those pieces, all the pieces about the friends and the family. And I know what your grandparents were like, get, got that. I got that. I got that. So every moment of a story she's tracking with. Yeah. And that, that, that like, um, having that person like, so during, during the cancer journey though, you held me back you helped me, you know, like, uh, uh, acknowledge what was happening, um, to be still, um, to rest, you know, in that way, um, that was a wonderful, like grounding, um, force Mm -hmm. in our friendship at that time. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was after calling my husband, that was you. And then I actually called Meredith because it was going to greatly affect Meredith's life. Yeah. You know, instead of that, like running forward and pulling the other, Katie said, this is where we sit. Mm -hmm. This is where we sit and hold each other. Yeah. So I don't know if you know this, Katie, but Margot sent a quote in, we love quotes here at Hello Again, Friend, but she sent in a quote about friendship that meant something to her. And it it just, it's so you, it says when adversity strikes and eventually does, it is often our friends who help us through, who buffer us against the wild weather of life. That is a great quote. Yeah, it is. When it, when everything looks scary, you know, to have a circle of friends around that can't cure anything, you know, it, it just um, cha- it changes the reality of it. Even, even though we can <laughs> take something away, we're right next to each other. So. Right. And I love that, you know, we have, there are some friends in life who will be there only for the seasons of champagne. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But, but w- it wasn't even a question for Margot to know that I have, I have to tell Katie, I have to tell her and, you know, we might not be able to stop it, right? Or we might not be able to do what we want with it, but we'll endure it yeah. side by side. Yeah. And there is, and, you know, I know Katie uh, talked about like the side by side and then being able to like add another. And mm-hmm. there's an important, you know, third party that we haven't, you know, that Katie lived with in New York um, who had somebody, um, Allie, that I knew my whole life and our friendship is now integral. Like, you know, 
the communication is seamless. She happens to live in, in the UK. So, um, you know, the visits and the intentionality uh, look a little different, uh, but it's still there and the connectivity. Um, but, you know, that, you know, that cancer diagnosis, I didn't call her, but I texted her, right, you know, let her know right away. And that became, you know, a central, um, a central source of support and processing, you know, our WhatsApp chain or, you know, our regular conversations. And we, you know, made time to connect on video regularly um, during the pandemic. And then, and then that diagnosis followed shortly after the pandemic. So it was, there's this other person in our, in our adult friendship too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that started in high school and that's another relationship where our mothers were getting to know each other. So all three mothers are very close and track with each other. And, and Allie's mother still lives in Atlanta where I am. So she jokes that I am her mother in town. I know. So she is, Jana Pearl jokes that she is my mother in town and she absolutely is, you know, and in, in, in that way, when there are gaps with your own family, it is seen by others. It is seen by others. And it's, you know, I think so much about the role of each other's parents as well. Um, <laughs> Katie and I were joking um, that, I mean, I, if her parents had grounded me, I would have listened and I would have laughed at my own parents. Like her parents' influence and the 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 gaps that they filled in my life that, you know, no parent is perfect. And thank goodness we had we had other us another set of parents. Yeah. Uh, to 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 parent us in different ways than our own parents. Um so that was incredibly valuable. The uh, sometimes from college, I would just call and want to talk to Susan, you know, um, the role and, um, you know, and I, you know, I know Katie can talk about the role of my mom in her life, but, you know, the role of that, of, of each other's parents in our um, upbringing and our experiences is, um, has also been part of the journey. Definitely. Um, your Margo, your mother, Dixie Ann is so consistent, so consistent. There was always a birthday gift on my birthday, like way into adulthood, you know, and just her cadence of life and her work ethic and how grateful she is, um, is in, has influenced me, you know, and did, yeah. I feel like your mothers serve as the strong foundation of your, of course, relationship and a, a funny little a funny little yeah. aspect um janet burl Allie's mom is uh canadian and my mother was born in canada and has this you know canadian identity or part canadian identity so they were from the same little town in winnipeg in the same little church uh it you just couldn't make it you can't make yeah. it up yeah make it wow up. so and so there are these references like that these are our mothers have that they understand about their parents as well so but yes i the the um the words yes and and janet um uh you know when i come back to atlanta 
you know, it's like having, it's like having a dose of Allie right there. Um, it's not, it's almost as satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because in life, we always talk about um, all the thing, bad things that can happen to us that we can't plan. Well, there are also so many good things that happen to us that we don't plan either. And I think the structure of these friendships, I, I couldn't, I didn't certainly start the ball, you know, and it is just kept going. I do think that we do, I mean, thinking about being intentional and, and honoring what we have and wanting, like, I think Meredith, you said, like, you can't control always, you know, what happens, um, but like we can set the foundation and model and explain, you know, why these, why we're doing the things we're doing. Um, um, I know both of us have friendships that, you know, where we hope that our children, we hope that our children, you know, continue to experience, you know, somebody that has known them their whole lives. Yeah. You're, yeah. I love the idea of that. We can't expect everything, but why would we want to, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, because there's so many good things that happen that I couldn't even imagine or dream of myself. So, and thank goodness you had great nails for your wedding. <laughs> I, would not have, I was at that point where I was toast. I was done, and Margot was just out standing beside me, but just enough to see this is the next thing we need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yes. and we've been talking about what it is about the other person or the other moms that allow us to open up and feel this connectedness or to feel held in times of need, celebrated in times of joy, taken care of in times of weddings and nails. I'm wondering what it is within yourself, because there's also a sense of allowance, I would think, that needs to be within you to allow this connectedness to happen. What is it within each of you that you think makes this possible to continue and allows that love to come in? What comes to my mind is the gift of trust. I was, I was able to trust people when I was young. Trust is huge. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think, you know, also being able to knowing that there was nothing there was not ever going to be a, a, a rejection like mm -hmm. with, with Katie. Yeah. There was not like, there was nothing that was going to like make our friendship end. Like that was never within a framework of my understanding. Mm. Like Right. And what you described there reminds me very much of siblings, cousins, that family sense that we are together. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and also knowing that, you know, that time where we, you know, brought uh, husbands into our lives, uh, where that happened, um, that the, the role of building of Daryl, my now, my husband, um, building an independent relationship and having, you know, Katie get to know him and understand him and who he is um, before not, you know, before I made, we made that commitment, you know, to engage in like 
marriage courtship and engagement and going forward. Like I realized enough that deep in, deep in the love, deep in the, you know, uh, the infatuation, I probably wasn't going to see something. And I trust, I trusted Katie and, and Allie, you know, um, that they're them and that they and their mothers would be able to uh, see something. And I was open to being confronted with a truth or a perception or an, or something that I couldn't see in myself. And I was open to hearing it and would, you know, I wanted it. It says a lot. So, Thanks. yeah, like fee- open openness to hearing things that I don't necessarily want to see or hear in myself. I can hear that um, in our friendship. And I, I think that openness only exists when we know that that other person has loves us, right? We can hold things out to someone knowing that the answer might not be what we want, but the, the motivation is love, right? Yes. And you have to have that relationship in order to hear tough stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just been demonstrated so much over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did that answer your question, Emily? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Openness and trust. And I think that that is something that a lot of us, I think if we can really reflect on what is it sometimes when we're wanting these relationships and we say there isn't time or we don't prioritize Sometimes that's kind of an excuse, right? Because we're almost afraid to be open and to trust because of perhaps past experiences um, with, with friendships. And so I think it's really important to reflect on who, who do I need to be in order to allow this beautiful relationship in my life? I agree with that, Emily. I think as we age we start to put up more sort of walls or boundaries to protect ourselves because of experience. And so that, that we all need to be vulnerable in order to connect. Right. But Mm -hmm. we allow that to happen so much, so far less as we age. So when you two have, you know, without a doubt, you're going to be standing next to each other, the walls can go up around you, but they're not coming between you that what a beautiful thing, because you always know, no matter what, I can be vulnerable with this person. So you stay connected no matter what. Yeah. Say, saying things that, you know, saying things that, you know, just you don't want rattling around in your head anymore. You know, sometimes Katie and I will say like, I just need to say this out loud. And, you know, we just, okay, like, let's just say it out loud. And, and I think, you know, um, and knowing that, okay, that doesn't mean that that's who you are, what you are today. Just, okay. It's just part of the, part of the journey. The ball just needs to bounce around a little bit, you know, and, and find a, find a spot. So yeah, I'll hold that with you. Yeah. yeah. We can, um, yeah. without any charge and insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think I know the answer to this, but what does your friendship look like as you journey through life moving forward? Okay, this is a little bit on the superficial side, but I'm going to say it. 
growing up, we had um, our our moms would um, we would you know hand me downs. Um, and so I would always like really look forward to like that bag of clothes from the trainer household. And, um, and as we, you know, we had an open club, we called it a open closet policy with each other. We would just swap and, you know, swap clothes back and forth. Um, and, and, and in adulthood, I honestly have thought, okay, well, if I, if my body shape changes too much, I won't be able to borrow Katie's clothes. um and we still do pass along pass along clothes um so um that's just a you know a a funny little representation of of being able to just like swap and share it it benefits to the open closet policy (laughs) wearing her shirt about last week yes so, and I was thankful for it. I was like, this is perfect, you know? And, and I think going forward is, is that, again, that shoulder to shoulder model of, okay, what's next for us, right? We have girls around the same age and we are, we're seeing them develop. And it as through periods of time where we knew each other. So she, at Margaret reminded me of the way I was in high school the other day. And in telling myself, I need to forgive myself and move on. So I won't bring that into my, my 12 year olds, you know, way of life. Right. Um, And so, so we have middle schoolers going into high school, then we've got college coming up, then we will eventually have an empty nest, right? Like that's going to be a whole new adventure. Um, We have careers that keep developing and changing and, how we, you know, mentally and emotionally navigate and invest is fascinating, right? So, and at some point, at some point, we will both experience the death of parents together. You know, mm-hmm. that is that is on, you know, the natural course of of time. But also, we are both, you know, uh, walking side by side with um, a quickly aging, um, you know, parents going through illness right now. So we are um, you know, side by side for that. Um, um, you know, I, whether it's, you know, visiting and seeing Katie's mom right now, and then Katie, you know, coming to Augusta and seeing my dad and, um, you know, just being, I, you know, we will, we will experience those losses together and, and those, and navigating that, um, you know, what life looks like without a parent. Mm-hmm. We'll be back together soon, in inevitably as time is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where we've never done this stage of life before. This is new to us, you know. I sometimes look at people who are older and think, "Oh, you are so settled, you so have life wrapped up." They don't because they've never <laughs> been that before. You know, so. that's that's right. And just as you couldn't take away the hard parts for each other previously, you can't take away those hard parts now. So you sit with each other in it and when things subside and life gets bright again, you just go get lost again. And together. I think I think we also have hopes for each other. You know, I know at different times we've talked about what we would hope for the other person's current experience. I know at different times, I know Katie, you can talk about it and I can joke about it. Uh, you know, you just wished I would get a little bit more sleep. 
(laughs) Years now for years. And and I would hope, and for Katie, uh, there, you know, a place she's an artist and I always, I mean, always, you know, envy at the way that she's an art teacher now. And, you know, um, always hoping that she would have a place to show her talent and express her herself through whether it was, you know, paint medium or flower arrangements or, and now as an art teacher, you know, um, I think we have always like expressed hopes for the other person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Hmm. What is it that you would want to tell the other person that perhaps you haven't said recently? Is there something, there's kind of some hints in those hopes, but I'm wondering if there's something that you want to say to the other person that just needs to be said right now. We said so much, like we've said, we've said so much, like in sort of, excuse me, preparing or, you know, thinking about this moment and thinking about, you know, coming to explain and talk about our friendship. Um, I don't, nothing comes to mind for me at the moment um, mm-hmm. other than, well, oh, it, it will just continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, great question. I don't have an answer. <laughs> a champagne toast to us, <laughs> right? And I think that's because you guys have such open communication. I mean, there isn't anything left unsaid. Mm -mm. It comes to expectation. I think sometimes with, with um, fragile friendships, there's sometimes there are sharp edges or you're trying to read each other and there's no explanation or their expectations. So that when Margo says she's coming to Atlanta and she doesn't have time to visit, that is okay. That is totally okay because I know her attention. I know that she loves me. And so therefore, it's it's um, more of kind of a, a flow. Like we we haven't hit a wall because I'm I'm not necessarily expecting her to do specific things. But trust is also a, a track record. You know, like I can trust my dad to be funny. I can tr- trust him to be funny. Um, and so therefore, I think we when we trust people, we trust people for something. So I I know Margot and I trust her for so many different things. I trust her to be a listening ear, a deep thinker, um, someone who always has really great, fun, motivating ideas. She has she has a dress for every time she goes to the theater, and she saves them because they're great memories. <laughs> I have one dress, or I get dressed. <laughs> You know, Margo, what do you, what do you trust Katie for? Um, great question. Um, to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not even show up. You don't need to show up if you're already there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love that. It has been just awesome meeting you both and hearing about your friendship. I don't know. I think each one of us teared up at some point during this uh, (laughs) podcast. Absolutely. I'm still wiping away the tears. Thank you for that. It's been beautiful to witness. Can I ask a question since Meredith, since you know 
me and you've gotten to know Katie, I mean, you know, of her, where are there things like, um, are there things that like you have seen? I know this podcast isn't about our, our friendship, but like, are there things that like, and from you and Emily, like, like, are there things that you all see in common in your friendship, you know, Emily and Meredith or Meredith, you and me that, like sort of higher that, that you find in common. Mm -hmm. I think that zest for life, it was always understood that Emily and I were going to be together, that you didn't have Emily without Meredith or Meredith without Emily. We were going to be there. Um, we were going to be there. Now our friendship was different because we took a hiatus, a 30 year hiatus and picked up right where we left off just with less scrunchies. Um, to our names. I only have one scrunchie left. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. zest. But then Margot, when Katie was talking about you, you know, showing her six flags, um, just with this zeal, um, when I was intervie interviewing, pre-interviewing to move down uh, to Augusta for a job, Margot rattled off all the many beautiful reasons to move to Augusta with the same zeal and zest. And I had, I had to come meet Margot because she just had that. And Margot has, has shown up for me in many, many ways and shown me how to be an adult friend uh, without question. Absolutely. I love it. I've loved hearing y'all's friendship through the podcast, you know, and, and just, it's just, it's so, I love the risk taking you know, like the, is this person going to still be the same? Are we still going to get along? What, you know, and I, that, that reconnection and that focus and attention um, and, and risk-taking, I think is so um, a, a step to move through. It's oh. the power of friendships, whether you are reconnecting or whether you've stayed connected for all of your years through all of the getting lost moments, cheers moments, sad moments, scary moments. Friends are what keeps us going, keeps us grounded. Thank you again so much. It has been a beautiful experience. Yes. Thank you, Margo and Katie. What an honor. Thank you for the great questions. So thank you for setting it up, giving us space to do this. So You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to be a guest on Hello Again, Friend, with your lifelong bestie, or you would like to reconnect with an oldie but goodie, or you've recently connected with somebody that was so special in your life as a child, we want to hear your story and we want to share it with all of our friends. We would love to have you at our table. Head on over to helloagainfriend.com and fill out the contact form. Hello Again Friend is a Life Lovely co-production. A special thank you to our podcast producer and sound engineer, Carrie Flynn. We will see you soon with more sweet tales of friendship. Cheers. Cheers.